Sapper and everyone will get to the show in a minute. Just want to let you know that about the Red Men Plus subscribers Facebook group. As a Red Men Plus subscriber, just like you, you get access to that Facebook group. So go search for it right now on Facebook. Come and join us and get involved with the chat. Social media, but less idiots because they're all our wonderful subscribers. So yeah, go and do that and I hope you Hello everybody and welcome to The Transfer Show. My name's Dan Club, and I'm joined by Steve Plunk and John Reid and we are here to talk all things Liverpool, speculation, rumours and beyond. Um, we're also going to touch on some of our top four rivals and who they may or may not be signing in January. Um, do get involved in the Discord chat, we are live of course. If you have anything to say on any of the people we are about to talk about then please feel free to chime in as and when you see fit. Um, first and foremost though, uh, thank you very much for joining me, lads. How are you doing? You good? Um, I've got to ask before we move on to anything transfer related. The World Cup final was yesterday. What a game it was. Um, John, I'll come to you first, mate. How are you doing, first and foremost? And how much did you enjoy that? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, enjoyed what I've seen of the World Cup. I haven't seen all of it uh, compared to my younger years, but seen most of it mm-hmm. and enjoyed the football. And yeah, just I think as probably most of you know the developed world is just fucking dead happy for Messi. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and possibly. I mean, I haven't seen every World Cup final, obviously, but like, I think definitely the best one I've seen in my lifetime, if you like, in terms of the match. Yeah, some game of football, wasn't it? Like, regardless what you think of the World Cup, regardless what you think of international football, I think, like John says, we all kind of had a vested interest in Messi winning it, just because it was just nice to see. He deserved it. He had an incredible tournament. We all kind of wrote him off at PSG, thinking, oh, he's gone there just to cruise along, but pff, that was anything but cruising, wasn't it? He was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as John says, the developed world's pleased for Messi, and, and rightly so, and he should be. You know, he's uh, definitely now the goat, isn't he? That's that's the conversation everyone's having length and breadth of the country. Yeah. I tuned in just as France got their first goal, so I was 75 minutes when France as a team were a bit of a non-entity. I missed that, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad of that. Um, but obviously saw the, the Mbappe goals, that volley was something else, wasn't it? Um, a little bit of criticism for the keeper and I'm going to defend the keeper for the first time Danny had no chance with that he took that shot so early yeah, he did. Um, yeah great finish um, for what's been by all accounts a, a decent tournament I'm, I'm not a massive advocate of international football as you well know mm-hmm. but um, I think in, in Lionel Messi um, rightly so a player of that magnitude and that ability should top his career off essentially with the for him, the, the coup de grace, the greatest thing he could do as a, as a footballer. Yeah, absolutely. The fitting, well, fitting potential end to his international career. He did say afterwards he would carry on, but we'll see. I mean, I think if I was him, I'd be going out on top, I think, and just saying, oh, that'll do mm. me, hanging on my international boots. But we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, we're here to talk Liverpool transfers, of course. And the first of which is our headline act, um, who's on the title. Liverpool are on the list of potential suitors for Yusofa. Mukako, Mukoko, Mukoko, Mukoko. Mukoko. Apologies for that presentation. Um, according to Sky Sports Germany journalist March Berenbeck, via Sport Witness, Liverpool are on the list of clubs interested in signing the Borussia Dortmund youngster. Newcastle are also on that list, of course, with their newfound wealth. They seem to be on every single list at the minute. Um, Manchester United are also keen. Um, obviously, they lost Cristiano Ronaldo recently as a free agent. Um, Chelsea have just lost Armando Brower to a pretty much a season-ended injury. I think I'm right in saying mm-hmm. it's in his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barcelona are also keen. Um, first and foremost, then, Steve, I'll come to you. I want to talk about Liverpool. I've, I've, we've spoken about this before on the show with Jota's injury and Diaz's injury. Should Liverpool be in the market for a forward in January? That one, potentially, because he plays from deep. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're talking about the, the impossible task of one day replacing 
Bobby Firmino is a one-off. That's that 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 remit. What he does is is unique in world football. This guy, for me, when I watch Dortmund play, and when I watch him play, and when he grabs the highlights, he's picking up the ball from deep. He's also finishing the moves he starts. But there's at the age years, there's an opportunity to to give him a, a, a platform and give him a, a team structure and a system that allows him to use those skills to bring other people into the game. He kind of seems to want to do it all by himself at Dortmund. Yeah. But he's a he's a precocious talent, and you can't not be in the conversation for people like that, especially. If you still aspirations of being at the top table come the end of the season, these are the types of guys when these guys are available. If you take yourself seriously and you think you've got a chance to sign them, then absolutely you should be in for those types of players. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's an interesting one because his name's sort of come to the fore in the last few months. He was he's part of the Germany squad at the World Cup, he didn't do particularly well. I think he played like a minute as well in that Japan game. Um, so Germany had a poor time all around, but his name's kind of everyone's he's rung to the attention this season because 18 year old kids kind of burst onto the scene really and he's out of contract in 2023 he's out of contract in literally just over six months time and you're right when teams are sort of getting linked to him in my head I was thinking God we should be really in that conversation because like you say wonderful talent centre forwards looks like he's got pretty much everything what he doesn't have is much versatility he doesn't play much in the wings really he is a proper centre forward Um there are a few clubs who need a striker. Liverpool could well be one of them, depending on what happens with Roberto Firmino. Now, he's still out of contract as things stand at the end of the season. There's sort of kind of talks about a new deal, but if we weren't to keep Firmino, John, this kid, six goals, six assists this season in the Bundesliga, should we be looking at someone like him to replace that mantle? I think he fits the profile. Um, I think... It seems, it seems like there's a bit of a plan behind the scenes, and that we're getting lads in of sort of his age profile. If you know what I mean, the sort yeah. of eighteen to twenty-four bracket. Um, obviously, like with the Bellingham links as well. But um, you know, we, I think, I, I wonder if it's sort of a bigger thing in terms of the league, um, in 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 England more generally that like a lot of these lads five ten years ago were going to Germany because they knew they get games like your Sancho's and the like, um, and a club like Dortmund obviously yeah. that's that sort of their models that they, that they rely on like the, the superstar kids um, and I wonder whether we're getting a bit more of that in this country now like we're sort of catching up with it and going well, why don't we just sign these lads and have them and whether we either send them back out on loan which might be the case here with his age or if they're ready if you like you know and our manager in particular you know I think he's shown with people like Harvey Elliott that he's, if he thinks you're ready he'll more than give you the, the number of games yeah. so, so you, you can see how it sort of all lines up and I think like the model and stuff obviously as I say sort of the Dortmund obviously with our manager and his history sort of maps quite well onto, onto what we want um, so it's definitely what I can see happening and I think you know that league as well, you know, it's not as if he's he's playing sort of minnows. You know, if you could sort of criticise maybe other leagues around Europe and say some of the standard of competitions compared to the top teams, there's, there's a bit of a gulf. Yeah. You know, the, the German leagues a bit more spread out in terms of I'd say in terms of com- uh, competitiveness. Yeah. So he's, he's had a good background, you know, and that, all all those sorts of attributes, you know, sort of obviously map quite well onto us, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and obviously, it's it's nice to talk about a Dortmund player that isn't Jude Bellingham for once. Um, we've we've definitely had our money's worth at a Jude Bellingham conversation in recent weeks. Um, what he has done, Steve, he's come through the ranks at Dortmund and I've put in the agenda here, has been prolific. He's got 153 goals and 149 appearances across the age groups. That includes his sort of early days in senior football as well. Um, mentioned earlier, he is a fully-fledged German international. Um, this one seems to line up in many senses, really. So you're not gonna, if you do sort of pull the trigger on it in January, you're going to get him cheap because of the contract situation. And if you do manage to get that agreement done, you get him free and you've got you know, just wages to worry about. So... Is this one, Steve, where you think even regardless of what Firmino does, get him through the door? Yeah, there's a couple of things, a point you made before about him being um, not a guy that plays across the front line, yeah. plays directly through the middle. That 
definitely isn't a bad thing. You can have so many sort of jack of all trades and no masters of, of anything in particular. You mm. play a guy that plies his trade right through the middle. Let's be romantic about this. Let's assume we get him and Jude Bellingham. There's a relationship there. They help each other set in. They understand each other's style of play. Yeah. You would think if this guy got game time, if we signed him and Bellingham got game time as well, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an understanding between them. So straight away, there's a familiar face. I'm clutching a little bit here. I get that. No, but it's fine. Yeah. At the end, you've got to find synergies and make things that work and, and essentially, you know, yeah, 153 goals at 100 at any level. I mean, that's Michael Owen's stats. We yeah, all know how good Michael Owen was, don't we? Yeah. Um, so, so absolutely, this is this is this is a, a would be a good move for the for the club. And at that age, you know, we can afford to extend Bobby's contract by 12 months. You don't lose anything by having a guy that young on your books for 12 months, playing playing him sparingly as opposed to putting all that weight on his shoulders. Because, as we all know, you join the Premier League, the pressure goes from the Bundesliga, which is kind of there, to the Premier League, which is up there. There's an instant expectation that you should hit the ground running. Yeah. you got to give people like this time to adjust. Um, I, I'm all for it, mate. I think it's a great idea. If, if it can be done, it can be done and great news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And he would get time to adjust, I think, as you rightly say, because he is so young. We already have Darwin Nunes. We potentially still have Roberto Firmino in the door. Dugo Jota can also play centrally. So we wouldn't be relying on him to come in and go, right, off you go. Go and score the goals, which is really important. What he has done in Dortmund is... Dortmund signed Daniel Malin to come in and replace Erling Haaland's goals. That never quite materialised. I think, to be fair, Malin's more of a that versatile type player who plays across. This kid stepped up to the plate and gone, oh, I'll be that guy then. And he is... Not to the sort of levels that Harlan was, because they're just crazy numbers, but he is doing it for Dortmund at the minute, so huge credit to him for that. The contract situation is obviously really interesting. It's the one where Dortmund would obviously like to tie him down if they could. With us and other clubs sniffing around, that looks really difficult to do for them now. They do tend to lose big players. Um, just to finish on him then, John, I, I had a look at FB Ref, which is one of my favourite sort of reference points for footballers, especially young players that we don't see loads of in this country because he's not in the Premier League. He is like, in terms of striker, he's like Robert Lewandowski in terms of attributes. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Danny Ings, Jonathan David and a couple of others are in there as well. So big enough, powerful enough, could probably cut it in the Premier League. Yeah, they're all the attributes you want, and that's in a type of centre forward Liverpool need. I mean, I think one of the, one of my sort of favourite Kloppisms, if you like, when you read, sort of read about the manager's career is um, him him finding you know these players like Lewandowski, you know, at a, at a mad team in Poland yeah. who, who have numbers like he had numbers equivalent to this. Um, getting them, having them in and like having another fellow up front but putting them at number 10 and going you're going to play number 10 for me and him for 18 months Lewandowski being like I just didn't understand what he was doing and like you know what I mean like in the sense of why is he playing me here when I'm a striker yeah. but then 18 months down the line turning around and going actually by understanding where I where the guy in front of me needed the ball you know it, it rounded me off and that's I think you'd look at Lewandowski now and say he's the complete centre forward in that centre, you know, mm-hmm. sort of number nine. Yeah. Um, so you can see all. For me, when when we link with players like this, I always think, well, I can see how the manager works with someone who's like that age, that profile, if you like, and sort of he moulds them, you know, over a couple mm-hmm. of years into what what he wants them to be as a centre forward. So yeah. um, he definitely has all the attributes, and I, I always think as well, we of all the players you mentioned there, that Danny Ings is the one who stands out. But um, I, I always think he was like the great lost sort of link from sort of the early Klopp attack to what we have now if you like because I think obviously you know his Liverpool career never really sort of got off the ground because of injuries and stuff but yeah. the games he did play you could see how it would work in terms of him you know I think Joss has took up some of that mantle in terms of like the press and stuff um, but he, he was like a weird 
you know, sort of in between a Jota and a and Adam yeah, Lallana, it'd be like type, yeah, yeah. very Harry and, and yeah. having that for us, I think, especially given sort of the, the troubles we've had in midfield and stuff this year in terms of pressing and sort of a bit of lethargy, mm. you know, exactly exactly what we would need. Yeah, absolutely. And the point you make on Lewandowski is a really interesting one because obviously it's really it bodes well were we to sign him for what he might be for Liverpool in the future, but also from his perspective, he should be looking at that and looking at what Klopp's done with a player of that ilk before now and going, yeah, I'll have a little bit of that. Like I'll go and join Liverpool and work under Jurgen Klopp because he's got a track record of turning you know rough diamonds if you like into superstars. So absolutely, why not? And the point you make, Steve, as well about the Bellingham link. If we were to sign, I think that's important because. We kind of play down how big a move that could be for a youngster. But if someone like, if he was sort of a little bit, oh, I don't know about moving to a different country in Makoko, then the Bellingham goes all of a sudden, oh, I know him, I've got a mate there already. And it's like when we signed Carvalho off the back of already having Harvey Elliott. Though they spent time together, it made the move, made the transition just a hell of a lot easier. So, yeah, I think we'll come back to rate them a little bit later. But I think that one is definitely um, a goer from where we're sitting, we all hope. And um, we'll move on then to um, a completely different area of the pitch, actually. Um, Giorgio Scalvini, um, Atalanta central defender, again, another 18-year-old. This one comes from Gazzetta dello Sport in Italy, um, and they tell us that the Reds are at the window for the central defender alongside Manchester City and Inter Milan. Um, again, I'll come to you, John, on this one. I want to touch on the fact that, because everyone, we've done the midfield, we've done the midfield to death, we know we need midfielders, we're fully aware of that, and we are going to finish on a midfielder in a minute. But do we need to be looking at the defence as well? Because... The reason to bring it up is Joe Gomez, essentially. He's the key to all this. Like Firmino was the key to the forward chat, Joe Gomez seems to be the key to this one. So do you think we're already in the realms of looking at strengthening the, the back line as well? Um, maybe. I think, you see, it's weird you mentioned Gomez because I think he's had a tough season yeah. in terms of, like, you know, I think if you've watched this team for any time, everyone appreciates how good he is and sort of, like, you know the player he can be if you like in terms of when he's on his, at his best mm-hmm. obviously the injuries have not helped him with that but but I, I wonder if Matip is sort of the linchpin for this for me because I think you know um, I mean, we've got it there on the agenda in terms of you know him and Van Dijk maybe being the wrong side of 30 but yeah. I think you know I think Matip's contract's 2024 I think mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't know if you really not, not necessarily that you, you want to let him go on a free if you like but I don't know if he, he gets a big, you know, a big new deal or anything like that or even just an extension yep. so is it you know in sort of a year, year or so's time you sort of shake hands and go thanks Matip you know you're 33 you go, he goes wherever if you like and we have another lad coming behind him who could be this kid from Atalanta yep. um, uh, that's more the thingy for me and I think I, I could see that happening much more like I think with the Gomez thing it's like you know, he, he's still young enough. You know, he, he's well liked in the squad. He's, he's English, obviously, yeah, yeah. which always with the sort of um, helps out with those types of things. But uh, I, I could see it, and I can see it being an area. You know, we've obviously brought Canate in as well. You know, yeah. and then sort of like, sort of refresh. I could see it being like, do you get another lad in and that's your pair and sort of your next pair and sort of ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And you, you've, you've had to mention Joel Matthews. Like I said, I put in the agenda here about Virgil and Joel Matthews. They're both absolutely outstanding footballers. Um, Virgil in particular is probably the best in the world on this day, but they're not getting any younger. Either of them stay, are they? And Joel Matthews in particular has injury problems. We're all very well versed on that. You've got to throw Nat, Nat Phillips into the equation as well. He's going to leave the football club at some point, you'd imagine. So another sort of central defensive berth becomes available there. So do you think it's the right time to be sort of looking at getting the next one in through the door? Yeah, probably is. I think the Joe Gomez thing is interesting in, in with the aspect that will he want another season like this one where he's kind of 
clearly third or fourth choice, probably fourth choice. Yeah. Not great for your career if you're sitting watching games, is it? He might just decide that there's opportunities to play every week at another club. That that will come down to Joe, I suspect, to do that. We would, I, I'm sure, having given him a contract, we're happy for him to to do what he's doing for the duration of that contract because he's a, a well-respected and a valuable squad member but that's the key he's a squad member at the moment he's not a starter yep. so he might make that decision for himself with regards to Joe, to Joe Matip I think John makes a really good point that at 32, 32 we might say to him thanks very much uh, you've been great away you, you know off you go go and do something different finish your career elsewhere mm-hmm. um, back to Germany maybe I'm just not sure I don't know anything about this guy um, so it's difficult to sort of speculate how good he is yeah. Gavidol the Croatian centre back looks looks like the one for me if I was looking at a young centre back um, offers an aerial threat his goal in the third and fourth place was great his diving header mm-hmm. type thing Um yeah, so it's an interesting one. We should, I think we should have a plan in place now where we say, yeah. who's the centre-backs going forward? Well, we know Canate, injury permitting, is, is going to be an absolute legend at the mm-hmm. club. We can see that already. Yeah. It's finding somebody to play alongside him and there's no rush. So if you bring in a young centre-back, you can give them an opportunity to learn the English, the English football how intense and how quick it is because that's yeah. the first thing that anyone who comes to our league says wow I'm really caught out by the speed of it all mm-hmm. um, so we should be, we should have a plan there should be a contingency for it I don't think there's a rush no. but there should be a contingency in place to do that Okay. Well, what this guy does being 18 um, is he does give you that time even mm-hmm. if you were to sign him now you're right there is no rush in terms of getting someone in but if you were to sign him and there's a, the report states that Atalanta will be looking for 40 million euros which equates to 34.8 million pounds so you mentioned Gradiol there I think we'd all like to see him but I think you're talking probably treble that if you want to sign him at any point so realistically with what Liverpool need to do elsewhere you know this isn't a priority for us right now so the likelihood is is we are going to be cut back a little bit on the other areas you know a free transfer for a striker perhaps a cheaper centre half and then we really sort of go all guns blazing on the midfield I think would be most people's preference Um but yeah, I think it's a good point you made. I think I personally believe we do need to be looking at the sort of contingency plan and what happens next in the defensive area. Um, I, I, I hope Joe Gomez is part of that. I really do. Um, I, am I convinced he will be? No. And I think you're right, Steve. I think what he wants to do will play a part in that as well. I think he might look at it and go, I was one sort of the next big thing in English football at centre-half and now I'm not. So who knows? Um, but anyway, back onto this kid, John. I'll come to you. Steve's right. We don't know loads about him, but he's played 11 times this season. That makes 32 matches overall. At 18, that's really some going, I suppose, already. Mm-hmm. You know, in a good Atalanta side, you said off-air, they're challenging Napoli mm-hmm. at this point. They're the ones really sort of standing up to be counted in Italy compared to them and and what he does do which is interesting I've put in the agenda here is he offers some versatility because four of his appearances this season have come as a defensive midfielder now I've asked a question is sort of signing someone like this who could be the centre half for years to come and also can sort of slot into that DM role is that sort of the perfect solution here because then you can sort of wait for Fabinho to get back to form or do you think we need to go specialist defensive midfielder it's hard because um, <laughs> because, because you, again you, you can sort of see it both ways I think um, <clears throat> I wonder if you sign a player like that the big problem obviously is the responsibility for someone that age but mm-hmm. I wonder if if it's one of those diddles where you sign him and you go yeah he's going to play 
centre half in some games, in other games we're going to put him in at six. Yeah. But that then means that you don't see Jordan at six anymore. You see him as 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 one of two midfielders, if you yeah. like, and that you know it's it's the he's like a new signing thing we have it he's in that rotation now not this rotation and yeah, yeah. there's obviously merits to that in terms of saving legs and things like that and especially some of these lads who we have got who you know for whatever I've massively tangented here into, into Jordan Henderson but um, you know forever the criticisms he are he's, he's essential to how we play and all the stuff that we do that's good on a pitch you know what I mean so you need to keep him fit and in the rotation mm-hmm. I could see it being that I just I just think the age he is if he was sort of 23, 24 and he'd played maybe a season, two seasons you know sort of first team football and you can go okay but you know I'd feel more comfortable with him sort of being in that mix Um, what is interesting and we've obviously discussed Matip already is that Matip did a lot of that at Schalke and part of the reason he's so good on the ball going forward is that he played in midfield a lot in the Schalke youth team and Mm -hmm. um, even when he got into the senior team at Schalke he'd still played DM so there's form there and certainly in how we play and what we ask of our centre-halves it wouldn't be a bad thing I don't think and Atalanta I'm mad, you know, they play a very high press football. So, yeah. so all the sorts of attributes in terms of, you know, the system he's in currently would lend themselves to him playing for Liverpool. But mm. I just wonder if it's a bit of a, it, it feels more of a, we sign him and he's in the youth team for a year or so. And then, you know what I mean? That's yeah, absolutely. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's an yeah. interesting point. The, the DM thing, yeah. someone who's played four games there. That's right. To then suddenly say, actually, you're in the mix. This season, play. sorry, he's yeah, played yeah. four games, yeah. In his career, okay, in this season, he might yeah. have done a bit more, but to yeah. say, Suddenly you're joining Liverpool Football Club, and they see you as a possible six. That's like John says, responsibility. That's massive. What does that say to Vesetic at the moment? Who, you know, is he ahead, is he ahead of a potential incoming 18-year-old centre half who can also play at DM? What are you? Are you a, a proper centre half, or are you someone that is a bit of a versatile utility player? Mm-hmm. I think that's such a specialist role. You sign a specialist player for that role for me. I, I would have reservations about bringing in a youngster saying, well, he can play DM, so when Fabinho needs a rest, we'll, we'll throw him in there. Mm-hmm. I think that probably is not, not the way I would go. I think if we're going to do that, we do it properly. Yeah. Um, we're, 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 we're building Bacetic up to be that, that player, and he shows a lot of promise and lots of really, really good on the ball. Um, really accomplished footballer for his age. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we need another one potentially to, to sort of add to that that mix. Certainly as a centre-half, maybe I would err uh, very cautiously on, on touting players like that. And I know you're not. It's no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's fine. It's I would uh, yeah, err uh, very cautiously on, on, on very, very young people coming into the football club at centre-back and, and thinking of them as an option for the DM. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. And I think the Bajetis comment and point is one I had in mind is absolutely the right one because he's been brilliant when called, when called upon, when he's been asked to play, whether it be in Champions League or these sort of mid-season friendlies we just had, he's been really outstanding. So he should be, and rightfully sort of thinking, listen, when Fabinho needs a rest, let me step in, let me have a go. And I still tend to think it might be a little bit soon for him, especially in some of the bigger games. Mm-hmm. But listen, Fabinho's form, if he doesn't get it back, then something needs to give um, and whether it be Henderson slotting back there which again I'm not huge admirer of to be honest I think he's more influential and further up the field but yeah something needs to change um, but like I say I tend to agree I think if you were to sign a young centre half like that he would be a young centre half um, sort of waiting in the wings um, not necessarily filling in elsewhere um, speaking of potential Fabinho replacements we'll come on to our final Liverpool related transfer um, this is probably 
I suppose the most talked about one, it's been spoken about for a while now actually, um, and Sky Sports have kind of brought it to our attention once again. They've claimed that Chelsea and Liverpool are interested in signing Brighton Hove Albion midfielder Moises Caicedo. Um, so they only signed him for 4.5 million. Brighton do some good business, don't they? They yeah. find some gems. Like We praised ourselves, Liverpool, for that for God knows mm. how many years, and Brighton aren't far behind. Um, Previously, this was in the summer, I found a report from Sussex World that claimed that the Ecuadorian midfielder had a 35 million release clause. Um, we spoke off air about this, John. Um, Brighton could potentially be about to get pretty much all of their best players stripped mm. off them. Um, is this one, is this a player? He is a DM, pretty much specialist. He can play sort of the box-to-box role, but he is very much a DM sort of by mm. trade. Is this one that you'd go, yeah, let's go and do it? 21 years old? Yeah, again, it's exactly the sort of right the sort of profile we need in terms of freshening the squad up and age and stuff. Um, I do like him. I do think the, the, the reason is more the profile of the club. I think Brighton are one of the other clubs in the league who, who sort of do what we do in the sense of they're relying on data, they rely on metrics and stuff to sort of find these lads and go, you fit our system, so we'll pick you up. Um, you know, if the club for all the madness that's going on behind the scenes at the minute in terms of the recruitment side of the club. Yeah. If, if they've identified him as someone who fits our mould, then I would trust that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a proven track record in terms of he's been at Brighton and, and just slotted in and been really good in the games I've seen him in. Weirdly seen a lot of Brighton this season, um, pre and post Potter, and he still looks good under mm-hmm. the new manager. Um, yeah, all those sorts of things line up. I, I, I wonder, I, I think it might be a summer transfer. Um, and whether that affects the release clause or not, I'm not sure whether it's just a release or whether it's a, you know, a, a timed one, if you like. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I don't know enough. I don't, I don't really know any Brighton fans, if I'm honest, uh, which is a shame because it'd be a crack of night out. Um, but uh, I don't know enough to know whether they think maybe if the club did say sell all these assets in the summer, do they then give that money to the manager or the team and sort yeah, of build yeah. a new team, if you know what I mean, or whether they're going to try and hang on to two or three of them and just sell one or two. Mm. Um, that sort of seems to have been the model for the last couple of years where they've just sort of sold one or two every now and again. Yeah. But um, off the back of the World Cup, as you mentioned, they've got a lot of lads there. I think there'll be a lot of interest around. But mm. um, no, really like the player. I think he's great. And I think, you know, for that type of money, even though it's a big markup for them, you know what I mean? I think you can sort of both walk away happy. They've made money. Oh, I'd say so. Yeah, Brighton's model tends to be, I mean, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here with any Brighton fans. Feel free to correct me online. I'm sure they will. But their model tends to be bring them in at that sort of price cheaper and then sell them on and make a profit eventually that'll probably change they'll probably start to sort of punch above their weight even more than you already are doing but like John mentions obviously they sold Basuma and Kukurea recently made healthy profits on both of them Caicedo would look to be the next one off the, off the rank potentially alongside Trossard potentially alongside McAllister World Cup winner now of course Um Steve Caicedo, we've seen quite a bit of him now. You know, relatively new to the Premier League, but he, he's slotted in seamlessly, hasn't he? He's been superb. Yeah, it's interesting that, that he's been touted as a possible Fabinho replacement. When I think he's a bit more dynamic than that, than that he certainly yeah. played on the left side of their three against us, and 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 basically used his pace and power to go directly against Henderson, and it was a painful, uh, certainly a painful first half mm. for Liverpool. We could have been four down, uh, and he also got well advanced into the box and scored a good goal in the World Cup for, for his for his country. Yeah. Uh, I see him as, a, as more of an eight than a six, and he's also not particularly tall. 
Um, he isn't six two, six three, kind no. of five nine, five ten, and he's got dynamism to dynamism to his game. So potentially he's someone who comes into a slightly change of shape in the midfield. We've spoken about this as a channel many, many times, and we talk about the, the sort of hopeful imminent arrival of Jude Bellingham, who can kind of do it all. But yeah. but would mm-hmm. you be suppressing what he offers in the final third by making him the six? Um, so it's interesting, and I've long been an advocate of. And come to Fabinho's defence a little bit in saying a good six plays well because the the, the players left and right of him do their job properly and you mm-hmm. could accuse our midfield of not doing that, not giving him too much support, mm-hmm. certainly in the really early stages of the season. Yeah. You're right, Fabinho needs to find some form and needs to find it quickly, otherwise we've got a problem we need to solve. I think Caicedo is a, would be a great addition to the Liverpool midfield, mm-hmm. but I don't see him as a six. That's interesting. And you're right on the height thing, obviously, something we spoke about quite a lot in terms of Fabinho. He offers, obviously, that aerial presence. He offers it, obviously, in defence and in attack, but also, literally, for the sake of balls, not don't get over him. And if they do get over him, they've got to deal with Virgil van Dijk or Joel Matip or, or Joe Gomez or Canate, of course, whoever it may be. So it's a good point. And I do think he offers that extra dynamism. And like you say, it might sort of lend itself to the slight change in midfield. But... I think if you look at his FB ref again, I'm going to go back to it. A lot of sort of, well, his comparisons are do tend to be defensive midfielders, rightly or wrongly. Um, Oriol Romeo, obviously formerly Southampton. Manuel Locatelli and our very own Fabinho is on sort of the top 10 players he's most similar to. So it's interesting. But I tend to agree with you, Steve. I think it might be a case of he's got pretty much all the assets and attributes that you'd want mm. from midfield. I think he could probably do the six quite comfortably, but also he does offer that little bit extra. And, John, that's something we have seen from Fabinho sort of at his peak when he's been playing Burnley. He does offer everything you'd want from midfield. He scored mm. goals for us in the past. He's provided assists. I think the other day it was the anniversary of that little dink ball to Mane. And so he does have the lot. So Caicedo would kind of be the ideal sort of understudy, I guess, in that respect. He, he is in in that sense. I, I, I agree with Steve in that when I watch him, uh, he screams to me, Bernardo replacement, which feel, okay. f- feels weird sort of two or three years on. Like we've sort of moved past that a bit, but but he, he, that sort of profile of player where you're sort of watching him and going, he's, he's everywhere and he's involved in everything. I don't really know what he's doing, mm-hmm. but if you just follow him through the game, you know what I mean? You can sort of pick up on all the pressures and stuff and the things that he's doing. Um, I, I think he could be a bit of a jack of all trades and, you know, you could... At the age years as well, you could sort of mould him into something, yep. or you could just let him be a, a you know a sort of a more box to box player, and he sort of goes you know he might play left, he might play right type thing. Um, I, I'd I'd like to see him doing what he's doing currently because I think the energy he would bring in terms of um, his application and stuff on on the pitch, like I said, like sort of ball recoveries and pressures, I think would be for us would be key at the minute. Yeah, um, I think. A lot of what I've seen of Fabinho this season in terms of when he's been bad, he's, he's been on his own, but he's also been very isolated. You know, he's very much been in that no man's land between the defence and the rest of the team, if you like. Um, and that, that does rely on, on the other players, as, as uh, Steve sort of pointed out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think part of the way you mitigate that, which goes back into the sort of, you know, change in formation thing again, is is you put a lad next to him and you have two there and he, he could be one of those lads or, you know, whoever else. Um, but no, I, He's a bit. I don't know if he has all the attributes that Fabinho has in terms of. I think Fabinho's sort of skill on the ball, if he likes to be underplayed. Sometimes we forget how many mainly because he just scores well. These, if you like, but, Does, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like we forget that he's he's that good at striking the ball. He, you know, he's got a good passing range on him, not just in terms of short passing, long long balls and stuff, playmaking. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Casado to know if he's got that in him. Mm-hmm. Um, he might do, but uh, 
I see him a bit further forward personally. You know, in terms of, I think he'd be a bit further ahead on the pitch. Interesting. Yeah, one thing is for sure um, is the two of them, Moises Caicedo and Fabinho, having pretty different seasons. Fabinho's um, sort of slump, if you like, has been well documented now, hasn't it? But so for score ratings wise in the Premier League alone this season, Caicedo's averaging seven point nine, which is pretty good actually, to be honest. Um, and Fabinho is six point nine. So yeah, sort of polar opposites really. In terms That's of been form. slightly kind to Fabinho as well, isn't it? I would have said. So yeah, this takes a lot of metrics into consideration um, yeah. sort of like tackles and um, interceptions and all that sort of stuff headers one it's a really impressive sort of scale but I tend to agree with the eye test would suggest something potentially different yeah. I'm not a fan of the eye test but it's relevant to <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might suggest something different no but I, it's a really good conversation and um, what all these three options are most definitely is, is young um, and they've got something to work with you know Klopp could mould them into what he wants if he does want to change the system he's got three potential players here to, in which to do it with and say you're going to come in and we're going to sort of mould the team around you for years to come and they're also cheaper than the alternatives um, which is worth considering as well apart from probably Sofian Amrabat who falls into the sort of Caicedo um, price bracket but yeah compared to Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham these three are definitely a little bit cheaper um, what we're going to do now before we move on to sort of the top four stuff I'm going to get some ratings off you both so out of ten how likely for to these deals to happen just how likely are not if how much you want them to the likelihood of us signing Yusofo Mukoko. Steve? Slightly favourable score for me of a six. I, I, I can't go any more than that because it's all speculation at the moment. And Sky what, Sports Germany? I know, but what Dortmund are good at doing is saying to this lad, give us another year and, and then we'll see where you are in 12 months. You're 18, you're, you're a baby. You're still, you know, you've still got to go through the, the first obstacle in your career where that good form dissipates and you have to learn to, to live with that they're really 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 good club for, for young people's developments right. and and you know look at Harlan look at Bellingham Sancho hasn't turned out to be what Manchester United fans wanted him to be but they're examples of how they've harboured and looked after players and let them go at the right time so it could Absolutely. be that Dortmund have a bigger say in that transfer than, than how much we want him yeah. which is why I give it a six no I think that's fair enough. and Dortmund tend to have a really good relationship with their players which is something we spoke about positively about the Bellingham stuff mm. because they tend to say that it looks like they're going to say to Bellingham you kind of choose we'll set your price as long as somebody meets that on you go um, so you might well be right with this one um, John how likely yeah, I think I'm, I'm with the echo with like a five. I think there's all the sort of uh, there's all the sort of stuff around it that like that we'd want in terms of um, you know what he brings as a player, but equally um, you know Dortmund's setup is, is is just as good as ours in the sense of a uh, you know sort of going back 10, 12 years now, but they invested millions in their sort of uh, you know academy and training setup and stuff uh, when Klopp was still there as the manager. So uh, they, they've got all the, all the toys as well in terms of yeah. developing players. Um, so I think you know if, he, if he's in and around the first team and as you know again as Steve also said, like the, the the way that club treats young players, I think he'd feel pretty comfortable there. Um, you know, from his side as well, it could just be a sort of a. You know, uh, I hold all the cards. You know, if he's if he's getting games and he's playing and he's scoring and he's only got six months left and he's, he's eighteen, you know, he could easily turn around at the end of the season and go, well, I don't want fifteen twenty grand a week. I want fifty grand a week and I want to start every week next yeah. season. Not not not, not just conversely, there's no rush when you're that age either, is there? No. So 
So. How much of this may come down to whatever his agent's telling him, though? Yeah. What you just said right at the end there is dead right. It's what I was thinking the whole time. I think in an ideal world, he would kind of say, oh, no, I'll sit and wait. I've got times on my side. I can do another season. I can develop more. I don't have to make the big jump yet, but we don't know what somebody else is telling him. Could even be a member of his family. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 could, it could be one of those deals as well, though, where like we sign him and then he goes back to Dortmund. He stays at Dortmund for yeah. another year. You know, I, I don't think <clears throat> those types of deals where it's a youth player <coughs> Sorry, um, it can be a sort of a you know one of those like tribunal fees type thing. But, no. but they stay for another year. You know, let's just get it done. We'll, we'll give you the five million now. You keep him for another year, and then when he's nineteen, twenty, he's had another year of first team football. I like the number there, five million. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's slightly different, twenty million. But oh, you know, um, yeah, you'd still even then though. You still bite the hand off, wouldn't you? Euro conversion rate, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not, Don't not ever wrong. become a football agent, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Skin before you know. Yeah. It. Um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think I think like I said earlier on, sort of the general consensus here is we would sort of like to be in the conversation for that deal, most definitely. Mm. Um, and if there is something we can get done, perhaps in January with a view to the summer, or, or vice versa. That's definitely an interesting one um, Scalvini then 18 year old centre half from Atalanta John I'll stick with you on this one um, I think three I yeah. think for all the reasons we sort of outlined in terms of his age and sort of the profile in the squad and stuff um, but I also just think he's had a really good team um, Atalanta uh, are weird in the sense that they're not sort of they're not sort of of that rank of club in Italy you know like Juventus or Milan yeah. you sort of expect them to be where they are um, they're very much like a new club in that sense um, and he, their big thing is sort of like energy and youth and stuff and mm. that, that's what he fits into all that um, so I don't necessarily know if, if, he, if he trade all that in if you like to sort of yeah. come here it, it depends sort of what the law of Liverpool is isn't it I guess for him as, as a player but um, nah I just think there's too many more than some of the other transfers, I think there's too many moving parts around that to sort of think, yeah, we need him. And, you know, do you sort of block? I mean, the, the player we didn't mention um, in discussing it, we were talking about sort of the DM stuff, but, um, you know, like someone like a Bendo, you know, are you blocking things like that? Mm. Um, there's other lads are sort of around the youth setup, which I'm, I'm not as familiar with, but I know there's. Even Tyler Morton comes to that conversation, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, at some point, like, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, and he, he has come for the youth ranks at Atalanta as well, so he might have some sort of affinity to the club. So, yeah, who knows? And he isn't sort of out of contract next summer. Uh, like Makoko is a different scenario altogether. Um, Steve, on this well, I agree with John's score. I think the variables are too many. Yeah, it, it, there's no sign of unrest. This has come out of nowhere. This 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 link. Yeah, it's silly season for links, as we well know. We're, we're what a week or so away from the transfer yeah. window opening, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. That type of thing, isn't it? So, um, I think if we sat down and looked at all of the possibilities of young centre backs that we might bring into the club, um, that might be one that's a little bit further down the list so um, three seems a sensible score for me yeah and also what we haven't mentioned is what these sort of players tend to do is go to the bigger clubs in Italy don't they these mm. players from Italians they tend to move on to Juventus as Inter Milan Inter Milan are in the conversation for him so whether that's sort of right or wrong that just tends to be the way it works in Europe doesn't it they tend to move on to sort mm. of the big boys and then they might go on from there again but yeah I've, I don't really foresee that one myself um, but I think again we are all in agreement that a centre-half should be on the agenda at some point soon um, finally then for Liverpool perspective um, Moises Caicedo um, how likely Steve? 
It's a set. It's a seven, seven point five for me. I think. I think I'm, I'm skeptical about that thirty-five pound million release clause because mm. um, if that was there, we could have triggered that in the summer, whether they liked it or not, and we yeah. didn't. So I, I, I have to sort of no, question, question the validity of that. Yeah. If that's not there, you're talking sixty to seventy, which is why Amrabat suddenly comes into the conversation as a guy you could sign to do the job for you mm-hmm. that doesn't impact your ability to spend elsewhere in the summer. And I think that's key for me. So. Um, Really, really good player. I'd love to see him at the football club. And if there's a world where you sign him and Bellingham, then then I'm all for that because yeah, he would yeah. bring so much to us. Fernandez would be an unknown quantity in the Premier League. I'm sure he would be fine, but his release clause is over 100 million euros. So um, I think we need to cut our cloth accordingly. Mm. If that 35 million is is factual, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, it, I I tend to think it's probably double that to get him in, but which is why I give it somewhere between I say a 7.5 because I know there is an interest. No, oh, there definitely seems to be interest. It's been long-standing now as well. That was from the summer that initial release course. Whether that's expired or not now is sort of remains to be seen. They haven't had him that long, quite frankly. Um, there are no formal talks ongoing at the minute. The Sky Sports report claims and Brighton have no intention of parting with Casado in January, which. It's to be expected, um, but it does only say in January, so next summer, who knows. Um, John, what do you think on this one? How likely? Uh, I'd give it a six um, f- for the reason you just said. I think the the January thing for me comes into play of, if you can get them in now, great. Um, if it's the summer, you know, they've got other things, as I say, in sort of Trossard, McAllister, Matoma, there's other assets they might be looking to move and to keep him if, yeah. for another year. Um, but also for us, if we're in the summer, you know, Steve's mentioned other players there in terms of like cutting your cloth. Are we looking sort of around in the summer and going, well, if we're going to do 100 million on Bellingham or whatever, mm-hmm. do we do we then go spend 30, 40 million on this lad, or do we get? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the Jan- I think if you could get him in January, I think it would be more likely to happen. But yeah. the fact that the club have sort of definitively said we're keeping him for the season, if you like, yeah. it makes me think it's a bit less likely. Yeah, and it's not, January wouldn't be a good time for Brighton to sell one of their major assets, would it? Um, I think they, they probably know themselves that at some point they might lose him, but like I say, I can't see it being mid-season. Um, just there quickly then, before we move on, um, out of the three of the people we spoke about for Liverpool, who would you most like to sign in January? Steve? Caicedo is what yeah. we need in January. I'm 100%. Yeah. If it's January, yeah, I'd say Caicedo. Cool. Yeah, I thought so. Cool. Happy days. And let's move on then. Um, other transfers. So, top four rivals in loosely inverted commas. Um, Manchester United. Um, Joe Felix comes into this. Um, I've seen him link with Aston Villa recently, and they had to do about 15 takes. Um, Wonderful footballer. Just 15. Just 15. Wonderful footballer. Um, hasn't really happened for him, I'd say, in Spain, given the amount they paid for him. Um, mm. never really sort 140 of, million euros. 140 million. I think it's a record, wasn't it, at the time? Um, that, it's a mad amount of money, but he is a supremely talented footballer. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be happening for him, and I think eventually he's going to move on, and Manchester United are the latest linked. Um we mentioned earlier they've obviously lost Cristiano Ronaldo Joe Felix isn't a replacement for him he's not an out and out sort of centre forward but if they were to sign Joe Felix would you go ah that's quite annoying no no for, no for what you've just said he's not what they he's need a, he's a talent but he's a talent that's not yet fulfilled his potential he could end up being another 100 million plus Manchester United signing that everyone kind of sits there and scratches their head and goes what happened to him mm. he's not going to get you 35 goals a season he's not an out and out number nine doesn't play off the shoulder of people he drops off and plays in the space the same space that Bruno Fernandes wants to play in so that makes that difficult the same space that Christian Eriksen wants to play in um, you know if Casemiro's playing they get licensed to play in those pockets of space yeah. so it's difficult I, I think it would be 
a typical Manchester United signing and I've talked many times about not buying players because of who and what they are because then you end up with a squad full of expensive players you don't actually know what to do with mm-hmm. he very much could fall into that category I agree with you Dan he's a, he's a prodigious talent and, mm-hmm. and you look at who could be a tailor-made replacement for Bobby Firmino Joe Felix offers a lot of those qualities yeah. but I don't know if he's got an elite mentality that's the, quest- that's the one question I have about him does he have the minerals to step up and be that player Interesting, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, mean, I suppose the evidence up till this point would probably tend to suggest not, maybe because it just hasn't happened for him at Atletico. Um, I do wonder how much of that is down to Diego Simeone. Now, as much as he's a wonderful manager, he's not one to say to players, "Oh, go out there and express yourself. You go and have fun." It's not really his um, sort of modus operandi. Um, this comes from AS in Spain, who say that he's set to leave um, Atletico Madrid next month after falling out with the aforementioned Simeone, um, John. Are you in agreement with Steve on this one? Do you think, listen, great player, but not really what United need? Um, I think, weirdly, I was thinking about this, not necessarily this transfer, but, but United sort of in general over the weekend. Um, I think it depends on the manager. I think I think Ten Hag, sort of the Dutch school of football, you know, the sort of the way they sort of coach players and what they want from players. I look at someone like him and, you know, there's the obvious sort of Portuguese parallels with Ronaldo. You know, you take someone like him, Ferguson gets a hold of him, really more of Ferguson's backroom team, get a hold of him and sort mm-hmm. of co- coach him into what he becomes yeah. as a player. It, it, does a similar sort of thing happen for him if he goes to United? I, I don't know enough about Ten Hag as a manager. I, I know a lot about what people have said about him. You know, sort of he's worked with other coaches and they've all sort of said, he's, you know, he's really good and stuff. But I, I haven't seen enough of that, the evidence of that yet. You know, obviously he's got sort of got the history at Ajax, but... Ajax does that anyway you know what I mean with yeah. players in terms of making them better so uh, I think if if they're serious about sort of the Ten Hag thing um, and sort of let him do his thing and sort of bringing that culture to the club then definitely it's something that could work out because he'd be coached properly and by all accounts that's what Ten Hag's brought to United is that he started coaching that group of players because yeah. they haven't been coached for the last couple of years um, FO worth reminding you he brought Steve McLaren in so that mm. kind of under- undermines that comment doesn't it uh, so. <laughs> it, it's one of them it's like you know he, he was sort of the Portuguese one the kid wasn't he and it's yeah. you know we've just, oh, had, yeah. we've, just, we've just had Messi do the Mar- Maradona thing at the World Cup but yeah. you know every sort of football culture has that you want the next young lad who's going to be the next big thing don't you mm. so he'll uh, end up somewhere I think but whether it's United it's an interesting one because like Steve said before it kind of fits what United have been doing for many years now so a big name once cost 140 million go and get him go and get him for the door because that'll look great but in practice how that looks when it comes to playing football is a different story and I'm not convinced he's what they need Um, I think he will move on I I would like Liverpool to sign him to be honest with you even though it hasn't really happened for him yet I'm a huge fan of his I think he's got bundles of ability if he can kind of put it all together and I think Klopp would be one of the men to do it and Ten Hag could well be the same who knows um, hopefully not let's just say because if they do sign him and it does go, go right they've got themselves a wonderful player um, move on then to Arsenal um, I think they're still just about a top four rival just about um, yeah they are yeah. anything could happen with them second half of the season they obviously lost Gabriel Jesus Um this isn't a link to a striker, though, surprisingly enough. He's attacking midfielder, um, Roma's Nicolo Zaniolo. Um, good player again. Had his problems with injuries. Um, Two cruciates, both legs. Yeah, legs. big problems with injuries, yeah. Um, Arsenal have asked for information on the player um, and they are in the race to sign him. That is according to... Uh, Roma, that's a pronunciation, Gilia Rossa. That's all right, yeah. Um, which has come via sport witness, so... I want to talk about Arsenal and what they need, Steve, firstly and foremost. Um, 
So they obviously at the minute in a title race, you'd have to say. They've obviously lost Gabriel Jesus. Is their midfield conundrum? Is that need solving necessarily right now? Players in a similar position to their captain, Odegaard. Yeah. So I don't Very understand similar. that one. Yeah. Whilst this guy, prior to his knee injuries, was taunted as the next big um, uh, Italian centre attacking midfielder and one they could pin their entire international future on. Um, brilliant, brilliant football. I mean, really good. Um, mm. Really not what Arsenal need. If I'm sitting in Arsenal's transfer committee right now, if this is a conversation about that, I'm saying, what do we do? Do we buy a, a makeshift nine or do we go yeah, balls no. out and buy a proper yeah, one yeah, yeah. you know do we go and say to Brentford there's 60 million for Ivan Tony would be a much better fit for Arsenal than than buying yet another um, it's not small Arsenal buying small midfielders no, he's a big lad yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as good as he is um, there are other clubs in world football that need him more than Arsenal do right mm. now Arsenal's number nine is a, is a big problem for them in Ketier and um What's the other guy's name? Reese Nelson or whatever his name is? No, he's a midfielder now. Who's the guy? Who's the guy? I don't know. Well, they've got another one. It's that good. Florian There's another one. Another one who came in and scored goals anyway. But but that their issue is where do their goals come from to sustain the title challenge? You know, um, the World yeah. Cup will do good things for some clubs and bad things for others. And I fear for Arsenal off the back of the World Cup because of the momentum has gone and they've got to rebuild that and, and, and this is not the player that's going to give them that well the momentum was one thing but then add on top of that the Gabriel Jesus injury and even though he wasn't exactly scoring a prolific amount of goals for them he was integral to the way they were playing there's no doubt about it I did see um, Arteta kind of suggesting that Nketiah could be the man to step up to the plate and I kind of winced a little bit for Arsenal's sake and went well I don't know like, I'm not a huge you know Disadmire Evan Ketch. I think he's a good player, but I'm just not convinced that that's going to happen. Um, John, on this link and moreover, what do Arsenal need to do? Is Steve right? Do they need to forget about every other position and go, let's get a nine? They just need someone who put the ball in the back of the net. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I've seen a bit more of Roma than I have other teams in Italy. Uh, I think you bring a lot of the qualities that you're going to lose from Jesus. Um, I think for Arsenal, you end up in that sort of as, as for a lot of other teams at sort of the top end of the league you end up in that sort of a perpetual thing of well, just, you have to sign for your first team but you end up signing for your bench mm. um, so if you're trying to buy this lad from Roma what are you offering them in four months five months time and Jesus is back fit and back in the team you know what I mean you, yeah. you, you almost kneecap yourself into signing a, a lad who isn't quite good enough because he's happy to sit on the bench if you like yeah um, I do think a lot of the attributes he's got, as I say, I think would, would match up well in terms of what Jesus brings. You know, it's, it's not just the goals, it's the playmaking and things like that. I think he'd do a lot of that for them. He's probably in the wrong area of the pitch, as, as Steve sort of points out. And I just think the sort of the the the, uh, the intensity of the league, given where he's coming from in terms of the, the pace of the football, but also the injuries, I just think it'd be a bit, I think the game would pass him by a bit. It's mm. very Aquilani, this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's a big risk um, any amount of money really given those two injuries as well like you say coming to a new league um, who knows how he's going to react to it and Arsenal I don't think they can really they're in a position to take risks on transfers right now they almost need to get everything right like everything's kind of gone right up mm. until this point and then the Jesus things happen you get oh I don't know this isn't even necessarily just to win the league this is for their sort of future like we've been in this boat before trying to compete with Man City you need to do everything perfectly almost to the letter and then the minute you get bad injuries we've seen with Van Dijk etc you go that's just derailed you you're gone and Arsenal are in that boat now whereby every yeah. decision they make has to be spot on and for me this one doesn't smack of that he's a great player you know at some point during his career would he, should he have played in the Premier League will he perhaps but 
Not sure. If you're the new board coming in at Juve, this is the guy you want to bring in. To, it's to, a Juve signing. Yeah, yeah. Just to get to as your marquee signing. Yeah. I think it's really important for Arsenal. This could be a one-season flash-in-the-pan title challenge mm. or what they do in the, in the forthcoming two transfer windows will mm. make that sustainable over the next five years as opposed to being a one-off yeah. and everyone going, well, what happened to Arsenal? Well, they didn't recruit very well mm-hmm. and that started with Zaniolo yeah, 40 million and then gets injured a week in. that's the sort oh, of thing mate, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's, a, he's a wonderful footballer but, yeah. but I just you know it, it's a big gamble yeah it's a big old gamble yeah on the Arsenal striker front I'm not entirely sure Reese Nelson's more of a winger we, Marquinhos decided as well the Brazilian he's definitely a winger you've got Gabriel Martina they're sort of surrounded by wingers and then you've got Jesus and Nketiah and like I say Arteta was kind of suggesting Nketiah might be given the I like Nketiah like, yeah, I like Nketiah off the bench I think but. Uh, yeah I do I just if you if they were to sign someone who can play the centre forward and they say go on then for the rest of the season now on is it big the question is and you could ask both of you to start the season if I was going to answer either of you and said can you win a league title with Eddie and Ketia wearing your number nine shares I'm pretty sure both of you would say no no, no. you're right you couldn't win it with him I was, I, I, my, my gag was going to be the opposite because you know who they need to sign is, is someone like Olivier Giroud yeah. get him no, yeah. a, a six month deal back at the World Cup it sounds mad right? but he is he's fine wine isn't it to be mm-hmm. honest he's absolutely outstanding um, and if they were to go and do that as a short term deal then it would make a, a, a lot of sense for them they won't but it would make a lot of sense um, right finally now, topical. Um, Chelsea um, are linked with. This is a more of a Barcelona angle. This one. They're not worried about Chelsea's sort of interest, um, and they will not be rushed to making a decision on his future. I think he only had his future sort of solved the start of this season, didn't he? Because they had mm. the whole leave. Well, he was leaving, and then they offered him a contract on reduced but terms. But it was a massively reduced and contract. And he took it, and he set the world on fire in the yeah. first dozen games for. Yeah, when he didn't set the world on fire, the man we talk about is Ousmane Dembele. When he didn't set the world on fire, it was in his half an hour cameo in the World Cup final. Ooh, yeah. It wasn't pretty. Stop I seen, um, yeah, I seen the keep um, refused to give him a rating this morning. Mm. And he just put a little little dash where his rating should have been. The same for Olivier Giroud, actually, topically. Um, yeah, Ousmane Dembele, Chelsea. <sighs> this to me just smacks. We spoke about United's vanity signings a minute ago. I mean, he's a brilliant footballer. But he's one who's been riddled by injuries. And is this really who Graham Potter has gone to Todd Bowley and said, I need this player? This isn't him, is it? Chelsea's a graveyard for centre-forwards. The last one that actually was worth his weight in gold and worth his value was Didier Drogba. How long ago were we talking? You know, look at the names. You can reel them off one after the other. Players they brought in, Shevchenko's of this world. I think world. you could add Aubameyang to that list yeah, as well. Yeah, You know, Lukaku, Werner. It's been, a, you know, Ziyech is a shadow of the player, was it? Um, Ajax you've got Pulisic who, 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 as soon as he opens his legs and has a run he gets injured I just don't see it's a graveyard for forwards this 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 is not a guy with the mental strength to go in there and say actually I'm going to be the man that, that mm. changes all of that and I think I'm good enough to do this for you and I'm going to lead your line because he's a winger for a start yeah. an inverted winger um, that's fanciful for me. It's an absolutely mental link. It makes no sense at all if you're Chelsea to buy yet another wide man with a a, a checkered history of, of, yeah. of failing to deliver because that's mm. exactly what they've had for, for 10 years or more. Yeah, And they've got Raheem Sterling now as well, John. So mm. it just feels like they're sort of, not I was going to say blessed, but that's not even it. They're just packed in those positions, aren't they? They've got too many of them type of players. I I think the weird thing with Chelsea that sort of never gets brought up when they get discussed is 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 the squad. They've got such a weird squad. I mean, I just mean in terms of like the players they've signed and stuff. But ever since off the back of Conte, when it was sort of like the end of let's break up the good Chelsea team that Mourinho built, to be like 
Um, and the obvious thing in which he did was he went 3-4-3 and ever since they've just been in that loop then and relying on Kante to do everything for them in midfield yeah. and, and, and therefore massively reliant on wing backs and stuff mm-hmm. this to me feels very much like a, we're going to play a 3-4-3 he's going to play he's going to be doing shuttles up and down the wing which I don't think he's that type of player anyway what I've seen of him he's a bit more he's more Coutinho dribbly technically yeah. winger than like a you know like a, a lad who's, who's doing doggies up and down the touchline yeah. um, I don't know it, it just it, it's it's not even like car crash football some of the stuff at Chelsea at the minute behind the scenes is it? it's like it's just so weird how like yeah. obviously the whole thing around the sale but just the way he's, he's trying to run that club in terms of you know the manager getting rid of Tuchel you know yeah, I just don't it, get it. it it does feel to me though with Todd Bowley I think they were linked with Ronaldo weren't they before he came back to United it feels to me like at some point he's going to pull the trigger on this big look at me look who I've signed sign him mm. and this would be one of them because mm. I think he also when he moved from Dortmund to Basel he was 120 odd million mm, pounds was, yeah. was crazy money again so in terms of ability in terms of talent he's got it all he's not going to run up and down the wing for anyone I think he would he'd try but I think he'd break down quite quickly because injury record this has been a sort of theme of this show is absolutely horrendous quite frankly Um yeah, it just doesn't scream like something what Chelsea need. I still think they need a proper striker. Obviously, the Brower stuff we mentioned earlier, injured for the rest of the season. Aubameyang hasn't set the world alight since he went there whatsoever, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think if they're going to be a series contender under Potter this year um, for the top four, I think they need to get themselves a proper out-and-out goal-scoring striker, which, like you say, Steve, is something they've not had for quite this a while. This is a guy that would turn up with a note from his mum on bleep test day, isn't it? I can't yeah, do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I've got a cold. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's a crazy thing. It's football and suicide to sign a player of that ability to play mm. in that position given Chelsea's problems all Chelsea's problems are in the final third mm. you know they've got great defensive uh, set up there yeah. they've got Jorginho Kovacic and Kante when he's fit which is less and less these the days the problem coming down the line there yeah, as well, by the 100% way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as it is that's a, a, a yeah. very good midfield three which we've struggled against in, in recent times to be fair mm-hmm. um, they just don't put the ball in the back of the net often enough and, and I would play Raheem Sterling through the middle before I signed that guy. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And funnily enough, ironically, um, you say they don't put the ball in the back often enough, and they don't, they don't put the ball in the back often enough, but it seems to be following Potter around. That was his problem at Brighton, wasn't it, for mm-hmm. very different reasons, really. Um, but yeah, happy days. Um, that's all. Then. Thank you very much for joining me. Much appreciated. Great chat about many different transfers. Um, yeah, that will be all we've got time for on this week's transfer show. Um, make sure you follow these guys on Twitter, and we will be back next week. But in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing content on Redmen Plus, and I'll speak to you again soon. See you later. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the video. Did you know that if you're currently subscribed as a club captain, if you head over to the website and upgrade to club legend status, you are entitled to 20% off merch like this forever. So get over there now, do it, and you'll also get two free pieces of merch a year. So why not? Makes a lot of sense, yeah?